Welcome. Welcome, everybody. It's a emergency edition. It's an emergency edition of draft politics. The everything's on fire edition, I guess. I'm EJ. No, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And with me, as always. It's Steve here. Yes. Uh, Yeah. There's nothing exciting going on. Uh, You know, I mean, there's the results in Georgia. Uh, Another slow news day. Yeah, so the results in Georgia. So everything is back to normal. We have restored uh, the, the the system of our government, and everything's fine. Yeah, twenty twenty is over, so we knew that yeah. was going to work. It's all good. Yeah, we're past twenty twenty. It's all it's all good now. It's all all blue skies till the infinite horizon. So I think that we probably could have had a a live stream, a podcast today, just because of you know the election yesterday in Georgia and the certification of results today. We knew there was gonna be some shenanigans, but what happened today went went way beyond that. So do you wanna start with the good news or start with- Let's start with, with the good news, yeah. uh, which is that uh, Georgia went swimmingly. Um, both, oh, your internet connection's unstable, that's awesome. Hopefully the stream is working okay. Um, but anyhow, yes, uh, in Georgia, uh, Warnock and Ossoff both won their races. Um, it was called for Warnock earlier. And Two a.m. Yeah, and then uh, Ossoff, uh, they finally declared for him as well. So, uh, and what's nice is they're both outside of that margin uh, where an automatic recall or recount, recount, recall, yep. recount could be called. And uh, it has not been, you know, so that's not going to happen. So, Cool. Yeah, that was really Georgia. Yeah, it was uh and interesting things there. If you went county by county, you saw you know Warnock outperforming uh Biden, especially in in, in primarily African American counties, um a, a great deal. Asif really outperformed not only Biden, but crushed his performance in November. I mean, if you remember Asif lost by eighty eight thousand votes in November, he ended up winning by twenty thousand ish. I think he'll end up winning by about 20,000, uh, yeah. more or less, right? Close yeah. to a point, which we'll take. Um, the other interesting thing to me, which I really loved, honestly, was that the county that Donald Trump went to uh, went to uh, campaign in on Monday, uh, yeah, turnout was way down, way down compared to the rest of the state. <laughs> Republicans underperformed See, there. It's almost like he spent the entire time talking about how elections are rigged and, and so why bother? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's Georgia. So that's um, a good result. And just just cool. for a moment, everybody, whenever things are, are really bad now, this is the image. I've closed my eyes and I've, I have pictured Kamala Harris up there just like making it rain with tie-breaking votes on $2,000 checks and I don't know, Medicare for all, who knows, but Kamala Harris standing up there is, is going to make me happy. That image is going to yes. make me happy every yes. day. Um, assuming that it's uh, there's still a building. For, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, still a building so, for her to stand in. So I don't know how everybody out there, how this kind of unfolded for you, but I was, I had the stream of the certification going in the background because I was just like curious, like how, like, is Pence going to do anything unexpected and kind of how does this process work? And so I'm like, okay, Um, you know, Pence gets up there and I'm like, all right, is he going to do things right? And immediately has to start dealing with some objections. 
and shuts them down. Like he's very clear, like, I'm not here for your crap. I'm going to get this done like I'm supposed to. And we're going to yeah. move on with the country. And he posted and, that letter earlier today that yeah. said, essentially, while I hear you, there's nothing I can do. Um, I, it was a shockingly clear headed uh, message from him earlier today. So that yes. was. Yes. So that was expected that he was shutting it down, right? He was yeah. going to let the sedition senators do their thing. Yeah. And so what happened from there was uh, that they started doing the the call of the votes and going through in alphabetical order, went to Alabama, like any Alaska? objections? No. Alaska? No. Arizona? Okay. Well, now we got an objection because that went for Biden. Um, and so... I assume that the way this worked was they went through all 50 states, got all the objections, and then they would then collectively debate all of the objections all at once, come back, we're done. Oh, no, sir. No, no, no. They do it one at a time. Right. And so, uh, yeah, so that's all starting to happen. And they break off into the individual chambers to uh, to debate it. And actually, there were some really good... Um, there was a, there, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to have I know to what you're going to say a bit of my beer, uh, but I'm gonna, there yeah. was a speech by Mitch McConnell, the minority kind of leader, white, minority leader, minority leader, Mitch McConnell. So that does help take the, the weird taste out of my mouth here. Uh, but it was a good speech and, and said a lot of good things about our democracy. And, and now I think this is the turn into, you know, what will come next when Biden is in charge and, and, you know, is trying to run democracy. And McConnell's like, that's not democracy. And, you know, whatever. But for like five minutes, he was giving what seemed like a fairly emotional and like a speech I could get behind. And it was really weird. Uh, so I'm going to have some mud beer here. Now, nobody believes it. And it won't matter. Uh, if we believe him or not now, it'll be sort of the proof in the pudding. So it, it was there was some interesting debate. Uh, and, you know, mostly the interesting stuff for me were the things that were said against the the people who were waging the protests um, or trying to protest or challenge the votes. Um, and it was, I don't know, probably 25 minutes into the groups being in the into the them being into their own chambers that things really started to get out of hand outside of the capitol right uh, so it's like okay like ted cruz is getting into his spiel fine i'm starting to tune all that out because i know where this is going for the next you know day and then we start having a uh, video of people gathering at the capitol on the capitol steps and there are many entrances into it. So I wasn't clear like where exactly yeah. they were. It's a huge complex, and right? This was the PBS live stream because that's the kind of guy I am. Clearly. And uh, and then there's a reporter of theirs who's inside the building, like reporting as this is happening, that they're smashing through the glass and and basically like breaking through, like there were some barricades kind of set up to try to help keep people out, but smashing through the doors and breaking into the Capitol. Like, and I'm like, what? Yeah, so I started paying attention. You know, there was a rally, of course, there's gonna be a rally. And, right. you know, I'd seen some things that, uh, that Rudy Giuliani had said, because of course he's there. And Donald Trump came on and, you know, I. I actually listened to it for 
20 seconds, then I'm like, I shouldn't listen to this. But at the very end of it, he said, now let's march to the Capitol. Yeah. You know, people who were there, you know, pushing through or recording the people pushing through. And it was uh, terrifying, you know, and I, I, we see some things now of places where the police let them through the barricades and we should talk about that, but um, you know, they started to, to come through, get up to the doors, you know, it was instantly clear that nobody was in charge and nobody was in control, that it was too much of a space, too big of a space once they got through that initial cordon to be able to, to stop people from getting where they wanted to. Um, and then you started hearing things about people inside the glass breaking, as you said, and the videos of, you know, people banging on the doors, um, which was again, terrifying to me. And then those tweets about gunshots inside of the Capitol. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so apparently there were a couple people who were shot, um, that were protesters. It doesn't appear that any police were injured. Um, at least not from shootings. I don't know about anything else. Um, yeah, so things unfolded fairly quickly. It was a little chaotic, obviously. There was, you know, there were some press throughout the Capitol because of what was going on yeah. generally. Um, it, it's, it, it's striking to me, though, that there was like no police presence around. I mean, there was some police presence, but like not to the scale you would think was dictated by the situation. Yeah, I mean, especially when you compare it to the protests over the summer. Yeah. Right. You know, there was just there there clearly there were police there, Capitol Police. They, you know, but it was just the Capitol Police. Um, I, it's it's really difficult for me here. Right. Because, you know, on one hand, I felt like everything that was done over the summer was too much. And there was too much of a default to overwhelming force mm -hmm. and violence yeah um yeah it was it was weird like where i heard like people on msnbc basically asking for the police to start cracking some skulls like yeah i'm like this this sounds like the wrong script to me uh yeah i mean and it, it was thing, like you i know a, a lot of dissonance there in our heads about that right yeah and like i'm I, what i want to happen in these sort of situations is for the police to do their best to keep things peaceful. But yeah. if people are violent to respond to that appropriately. And so what we saw here was there was not enough police presence to sort of stop the incursion into the Capitol. And then eventually over the course of several hours, they sort of regrouped and, and it kind of last before I sort of like stopped to do this was, you know, they kind of, it seemed like they had largely cleared off the Capitol building. Uh, and we're starting to sort of like push protesters away from that area. But it was all uh, still fairly calm from what I could tell in terms of how they were doing with the protesters outside the building. Well, yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it's still hard to tell what's going on there. I yeah. mean, obviously, it's dark. Uh, it's dark now. Um, you know, a couple a couple things that were other things that were striking to me were just sort of the impunity Right. People were walking around. You saw videos and pictures of people who have, you know, just taken things just, like just somebody took through, a lecture, taking selfies. I, I did appreciate yeah. that they seem to be following the rope lines, though. That was <laughs> that was strange. Um, uh, but, well, you know, you know somebody actually, took down yeah. an American flag and hung a Trump flag. 
right? So to me, the image of yeah. police, and there were, there were still police inside of the Capitol watching people walk around with Confederate flags. Yeah. Um, you know, people taking pictures inside of Pelosi's office, taking things from, you know, up on the rostrum in, in the, the House chamber. I mean, uh, you know, all of that, and then juxtaposed with that picture of, you know, several, several people with their guns drawn at the barricaded door, you know, in the House chamber where, you know, the president would come in for the, you know, State of the Union, right? Yeah. And they're pointing their guns outside of the door where people had broken through some of the thing that you, you've seen. Like, that's, uh, I, I, you know, it's 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 really troubling, right? Like I'm I'm trying to figure out how to describe this to my kids because I think it's important that they know. Yeah. Right. And then you know, on top of that, there's this confusion about how it's going to get under control, right? The National Guard, you know, there was a request for National Guard, um, and of course, it's D.C. D.C. is not a state, um, which means that you know, the mayor can't do anything. It's got to be approved essentially by the Department of Defense, which also means that those forces, that the National Guard would be under the control of the president. Yeah. So national, yeah, the National Guard, so the National Guard, generally speaking, reports to the governors of each state. Um, D.C. is the one exception to this. In D.C., they report to the president. And I will say uh, today has been one of the better arguments I've seen in a while for D.C. becoming its own state, because that would that would give them that control. It's very unclear to me. So, like, there was reporting that the mayor of D.C. had asked for the National Guard to show up and that it had been refused by the Department of Defense. Um, That said, I haven't seen a lot of confirmation around that. And what I and so what I saw was that bit come out. Then I saw Virginia was sending the National Guard. Yes. Maryland was sending National Guard and state police as well. And around that time, also D.C. Uh, National Guard was said to be showing up. It's like, so I don't know if, if there was some confusion about it or maybe it was once the Virginia, Maryland National Guard was going to show up, like it was like, well, the jig is up. I may as well send the National Guard. So that's, well, that, that's one of those things that'll be worth investigating. It is... Uh what I've seen reported on that, and I think that this is very interesting and worthy of thought, if nothing else, is that Mike Pence was the one who approved it. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I did get Which the sense means, of like, yeah. Is Donald Trump still in charge? I feel like there was a period of time around that time. So like when that, when that happened, um, there was an, there was a tweet by Pence basically saying that, you know, people need to disperse. Um, uh, there was, um, calls by the leadership of the house and the Senate, like there was sort of this, like, seemed like there was some effort to basically like cut Trump off from power and, and, and do things in his stead. And we, once again, like, I don't know, but that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. And, you know, even some people outside were calling for Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment. Yeah. I mean, like the National Association of Manufacturers, I think, which is a huge group, right? A huge, yeah, obviously pro-business 
typically conservative group. Yeah. yeah. Uh, called, called for him to be removed. And you're seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of people, you know, who are mostly partisan, you know, saying like, we need to impeach him tonight and remove him tonight. I don't think that that could really happen tonight, but yeah. um, I, and I don't know. I, I also think it's worthwhile to just kind of talk about some of the reactions from people. Right. So, you know, you had very tepid or not real reactions from uh, Holly and, and Cruz, obviously, Oh, violence is bad, but you know, Hey, yeah, violence is bad. Of course, then Ted Cruz, while he was sheltered in place, sent out a fundraising tweet and email. Of course he did. Jesus Christ. There's nothing. That guy has no soul whatsoever. There is nothing that says, that describes better. If somebody asks me, describe the, the United States right now as quickly as you can without actually telling me anything descriptive about the United States, I'd say... The Capitol was being stormed by people who believe in lizard men. And at the time, the per- one of the people who was responsible for that was t- tweeting out, asking those same people to give them money. And the stock market was up 135 points. Yeah. That's, there you go. Yeah. That's the U.S. There's, right there's now. Your, there's your little snapshot of, of there's, this. That's all you need to see. Um, yeah. So one of the things that was interesting to hear about was the way that the evacuation actually took mm. place. Yeah. So so what happened was, you know, the 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 protesters were starting to get into the Capitol and security, you know, reacted to that. And so the first thing that the security and it wasn't entirely clear to me like what part of security, because there's several overlapping layers of like there's like there's there's like a congressional security team, there's a capital security team, there's the police, et cetera. But um, first thing was the House and Senate leadership and Pence were all evacuated before anything else, sure. um, which makes sense. But then what happened after that was the protesters have gotten far enough inside the building that the exit route that the House and Senate would have used was cut off. Yeah. And so they had to get people out one way or another, right? Yeah. So they had to get people out. And so, well, first of all, what they did was they barricaded within the chambers. So they were basically, they had the barricades, like they stacked like furniture and stuff in front of the door. It's presumably it's heavy. They were all like, you could see photos of them, but like all with their pistols aimed at the door. You saw the senators like huddled on the floor around the Senate chamber. Um, There was like a a Hirono I saw up in the, up in the balcony there, you know, down safe where she could be. Um, now, so what it was is they then secured an exit path for them and they got them out of the chamber. And apparently they almost forgot the certificates they need from the electoral college. So all of this whole ceremony and all that counting was over these, the certification, right? The paperwork was almost left in the chamber before they evacuated that random Trumpers could have been taken. So good on the random intern who noticed that they were almost forgotten and grabbed them. <laughs> I used to work at a hospital. And when we did our fire drills, it was my job to get the charts. That was always somebody's in charge of the paperwork. If you have to evacuate, somebody's in charge of the paperwork. I'll never forget that. And you get the charts. Everybody else get, saves a person. <sighs> so 
two things I'll say. So Trump's reaction during the day has been pretty standard, right? Um, yeah. Hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Uh, but their whole election was rigged, right? Like there was no, that first video he released, he was amped up. Like if he wasn't on something, I, yeah. Well, it's interesting because like, he's like, what's Mark? It was like March of the Capitol. And then once they're in the Capitol, like he doesn't really say anything. And then like shit starts going down. And there's a text that comes out from his Twitter account, which is basically like, you know, please be peaceful or whatever. And it, it reads, if you've ever noticed on Trump's Twitter account, there's like tweets that are clearly his yeah. and there are tweets that are clearly like some member of his staff. And this read as somebody on the staff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I do want to note just because we are, um, you know, sort of things developing in real time. Um, uh, the woman who was shot in the Capitol has died. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very, I'm going to be very curious to find out like what, what led to that, who she was, but yeah, that'll take a little while to come out. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're at this point now where, you know, we're, we're into the curfew period because there's now a curfew from 6 PM to 6 AM. Yeah. So Washington, yeah, been, in effect for about 40 minutes now. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, I think, is still an intent for business to be done tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that was the reporting I was hearing was that they're basically planning to get this. Like, even the Republicans are, like, angry that, they, that these people are coming in and screwing all this up and interrupting them. like Interrupting so, their political theater. Right. And so they're sort of, it sounds like they're going to rush to get that done tonight and, and have it dealt with. Now, there's certain, still rules there about the amount of time they have to spend on everything and all of that, but they can meet literally anywhere. So that's basically what's going to happen. Yeah. And I understand that Ayanna Presley is writing articles of impeachment as we speak and I has like gotten that. 14 or 15 people on board. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's uh, Ilhan Omar is writing. Okay. I, I, I apologize. Um, a member of the squad is yeah. doing this. Yes. Uh, so, you know, writing these articles of impeachment as we speak, there is from, I think, some of the strongest words we've heard, um, especially on the Republican side, have been from, uh, not surprisingly, Mitt Romney. Um, and I, I recommend people read it. You know, again, like I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell people to watch the McConnell speech. Maybe it would. But the Romney's statement is just stating the truth. You know, today was an insurrection yeah. and it was stirred up by the current president because he's lost touch with yeah. reality. And 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 it, at this point, it seems like the this has been largely disrupted, but Fundamentally, that's it, it. It isn't for lack of intent. Um, you know, it is possibly for lack of the size of the crowd who showed up, um, the right. organization, etc. But I mean, could this have been taken further? Could they have, you know, attacked members of Congress? Um, you know, and, and in effect, 
do some kind I don't like I don't know what overthrowing our government would even look like because that's just so outside of my brain that I I don't know how to yeah. process it but like it's getting close I mean it, it is an act of sedition to take the capital like that it is so so like we're starting there and yeah it, it gets it gets it, it's a crazy word it is it is terrifying and I you know I will say that I hear you use words as if this is over and I don't believe that it is. Well, yeah, you know? I think that's the thing is like, you know, this is, it is the, the sort of the peak of it today so far has passed. We don't know what's going to happen tonight overnight in, in DC, what kind of things might go on. We know that there was, you know, some possibilities of bomb plantings in various places it, it could continue. Um, there could be more violence tomorrow. I, I mean, I will say at least having seen this today, we can expect that the police presence, uh, National Guard presence uh, over the next, you know, over the next couple of days will be much stronger. Uh, what I'm curious about is what's going to happen with the inauguration. Yeah. Well, it's going to be virtual, so. Well, I mean, they're still physically, <laughs> yeah, like, there yeah. is going to be, you know, they still nominally gather outside the Capitol and do all that stuff. I'm like, dude, just like meet in a bunker, bring in Roberts and like call it good and zoom that shit. And let's not, <laughs> let's not get crazy. I, I think that they, I think that they will want to and should frankly still do something outside. I, I think it is imperative to, to be as, I don't want to say business as usual, but you know, we're back. We, we, we need to portray the ability of our, country to be resilient through this through these actions yeah um i don't know what's you know i don't know what's going to happen tonight i don't know what's going to happen later on this week um i you know i believe news will come out there will be actions and reactions yeah for the next 24 hours yeah um it, it, it... I, I tuned in briefly to uh, Newsmax because because I hate myself, presumably, but also because I was just curious, like, what? how are they reporting all this? And so it's like the same video, right? It's like, oh, here's yeah. the protesters and here's this craziness going on. That all was the same. The difference is in the commentary. They're like, oh, it was, this is very likely agent provocateurs. First of all, I didn't know they knew the word provocateur. Um, I suspect they picked that up on parlay or they, as they might call it parlor, but anyhow, um, but it, it's like, I keep hoping that like, this will convince people that we need to walk this back. And I think there are people who do get that. Like, I think Mitt Romney gets that. Yeah. I think maybe Mitch McConnell might get that, but like, there is an, there are some people who do, but like, is there a critical mass of people who are going to be like, can we just kind of walk this back who knows i mean i i do feel like what we're going to see is you know depending on what happens the rest of the day if republicans continue to try to contest the election i think there will be a move to expel some members of the house at the very least um and there should be there should be for especially for that jackass who from west virginia right? yeah like, that that would be that would be a case like i think like 
if they're just doing the normal objections, they're following a normal process of things. Like as much as I think that that is the wrong thing to do, and I think it is it is a, a fundamentally anti-democratic act. Is that something that should justify not seating them? No. And the I, reason I say that, let, let me just continue to conclude the thought. The reason I say that is that they were they are representing people who voted for them. And as much as I disagree with those people, that is what sort of democracy is supposed to look like. I would, uh, well, I guess one just point of clarification, they're already seated. So, well, yeah, yes, um, there's that. The thing that I would say is that this isn't a normal process of objections. This has happened whatever four times in 150 years, so it's already not normal. Well, it is um, a it is a legal it, it, one, but yeah, there on. is a yes. process for it. I yes. I will I will grant you that. But that all changes the moment somebody's killed in the Capitol because they they are egged on by this behavior. That is clearly you know clearly based on on lies. It is clearly meant as theater. There is no hope for anything except to enrage people. And so they have made a decision now. If they make a decision now to continue that after what they have seen are the, are, are the, the fruits of their labor, then that is, that is violating their oath of office. Okay. So let's let's conclude the thought though is all right so let's say we we say we're not going to we're we're kicking them out of congress. What is what is the reaction from those who are the supporters of that member of congress? What is the reaction of cuz like the right wing at this point like they they very much are focused on Trump, right? And and they they say this is a fraud blah blah blah. There is some potential for us to sort of just that we the temper tantrum fades over time. If we start actively taking people out of Congress or it's the Senate or any of that, like that's where I feel like we actually start making things worse than they already are. Even though I feel like there should be some kind of consequences, I just don't know what they are beyond that. I Well, I, I see your point. I think it requires an aggressive reaction and um, democracy needs to be actively defended. Yeah. And the, the idea that, you know, somebody from, you know, from a house, from a heavily gerrymandered house district in Louisiana or Texas or Iowa or Michigan or Pennsylvania, wherever, where they've had no competition from anybody, where they don't really have a check, right? Um, to say that they represent a group of people who are in favor of storming the Capitol and you know well, looting it is, I, I think that that's that is that is a stretch, right? I, and and look, if they want to reelect them fine but you know this is clearly a violation of the their oath but I, I and i get that i think there's some so there's some nuance there you know in terms of like are the people who are the constituents of their district in favor of storming the capital i'm sure some are because otherwise we wouldn't be here right now but you know i mean 
I'm, I guarantee you that there's a certain, a large number of those people who are just basically standard Republican voters and, you know, say what you will about that, who, you know, voted for that person to be in office. And, you know, if we act to take them out of office effectively in a non-democratic way, that that, like, I guess what I feel like is that the answer to all this is not, is, is more democracy. It is going through and fixing all of the problems that Trump has made clear exist. It would be clarifying what all the rules are around the role of the vice president in the, in the process of, of counting the electoral college votes. And all of these little exploits that Trump tried to do but failed at is making sure that whoever comes in four years from now can't do that. And, and setting clear boundaries on what the power of the president is and making sure that, that, that the House of Representatives has some teeth to enforce their will on a president who is otherwise, you know, running rampant. Um, it is basically to think about what the future of this is rather than thinking about what the current state of this is. Yeah, I... Fix the gerrymanders so that they can't be protected anymore. But enforce the rules that we have. And I think that that's what's gone by the wayside is that we we have abandoned normalcy. We have abandoned, you know. Well, I think what it is, is that we've 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 come to understand what the difference is between norms and rules. Like like. Like we have laws, but laws without an enforcement mechanism mean nothing without norms. So if the norm is I go follow the law because that's what the law says, then everything's fine. If I ignore the law, ignore that law just because I don't give a shit about that and there's no tangible consequence for that, why not just ignore the law? And that's basically what we're running into right now. You know, up to this point, there's just been an assumption of like, this is the way our democracy works because that's the way it always worked until somebody's like, well, we can do it a different way. And then mm. a president can, you know, go and and run roughshod over our democracy because unless you can impeach him, there's no there's that's the only tool in the drawer right now. And on that happy note. So just, yeah, just confirming something. Uh, Nancy Pelosi about 10 minutes ago did say uh, they are getting back together. They've, they've conferred with people. They think it's safe. Um, She's talked to uh, vice president, Mike Pence, um, along with others from the DOJ and department of uh, defense. So they're going to carry on. Yeah. So Good. Good. Yeah. And, and my hope is in all of this, like the people who who are in power are beginning to recognize the danger of flirting with this stuff. And, you know, and maybe, yeah, Ted Cruz is never going to get it. But, you know, Mitt Romney does. Um, there will be others. And maybe that will ultimately cost Republicans some power. Maybe we'll see some senators flip parties over this. Who knows? Um, you know, I, that's the. Yeah. I'm not worried about people flipping parties. Parties are the problem. You know, if there's a third party, that that I could see, you know, show me show me Mitt Romney and Ben Sass, you know, 
Pat Toomey, I guess it doesn't really matter because he's retiring in two years. Show me them quitting the Republican Party. A White House correspondent is reporting that leadership is looking at the 25th Amendment, according to our, our listener, Wendy, here. Ooh. Oof. This is a... Okay, this Wendy, is the insane thing. It's like we're we're gonna be done with this guy in two weeks, but like it's he's gone so crazy. It's like uh, we got to get rid of him sooner than that. Um, and by the way, we didn't talk about what we're drinking. This is vodka. I should I should have switched to whiskey by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how's that dry January treat my, you there? My dark sense of humor has me drinking a Revolution Brewing beer. <laughs> Actually, uh, this is part of my current series of beers that I'm not a real fan of, but we have this like. We have multiple packages of beer that have been like brought for parties or whatever else. And they're not the kind of beer I normally drink, but like they take up space and I'm tired of them being here. So I'm slowly grinding my way through them. <laughs> and they, they're all a year old, right? Pretty much. Because they were bought for parties, right? Uh, there was there was some of the beers were bought for uh, deck gatherings of like two to three friendly people. So, you know, uh, we're clear. It's fine. It's fine. Um. Well, I guess we'll have to keep following it. Um, it's it's quite a night. Um, if anybody has good ideas about how to talk about this with uh, with your kids, yeah, I think you should. Right? I think I think we need to. You know, when my kids ask me why do they have to go to school, it's because this doesn't happen if people know how the constitution actually works. It you doesn't know, happen I, if they have empathy for other people. You know, I, I think about our generation and like growing up in schoolhouse rock and, and all of these sort of like things that taught us about how the system is supposed to work, which was good, but like made a awful lot of assumptions about how it actually works. And, and so it's a weird and scary time but I think there's something to be said for having sort of an education about, okay, this is actually how fragile this can be if we aren't careful. And now I say that in, in the optimistic belief that we're going to get through this and thus it'll be merely an educational experience rather than the beginning of dear leader Trump's reign of terror. Um, but, you know, now we have a better understanding of like, here is where norms work. Here is where laws work. And, and how we can make those things stronger. Maybe, maybe we can make this work. So it's going to be, it's going to be a, even once we get through the inauguration, all that, it's going to be a really weird couple of years. It is. Um, governor Phil Scott, governor of Vermont has called for his removal. Not well, his it's Vermont. <laughs> when it, when it's the governor of Alabama calling for it, then I'm like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> I mean, it matters, right? Yeah. There is, uh, this is, this is momentum. Now I think it's four years too late, but um, all right. Well, I think we should sign off and go to our respective bunkers. I, I, I want to say one last note about how crazy today was. There was actually a SWAT team, uh, a block west of my house today and i didn't even notice it <laughs> yeah good times 
I, I, assume, I assume you and your neighbors are safe. I don't know. Well, I'm I know in my you're bunker. safe. You're right there. But yeah, I'm, no, everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. It it ended without injury, but there was a SWAT team. <laughs> they were parked at the end of my street. Yeah. Didn't even notice it. That wasn't the most important thing that happened Jesus. on my block today. So stay safe, Man. everybody. Yeah, stay safe. Um, heads up. I, I, I truly believe that we're going to get through this. So we just, it, 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 we're looking at the sort of the death throes of a, you know, uh, malignant narcissist. And, you know, I don't think this is going to turn to anything much more organized than that. But time will tell. So anyhow, those are my concluding thoughts. Hopefully we'll get out of this. Okay. Thanks, everybody. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye -bye. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Keep safe. Well, there's still a pandemic, by the way. Good night.